as the calendar flips to November, how can the Minnesota Wilds clean up key areas as they move through the rest of their schedule? Plus, what do we think of the early returns on Marco Rossi? All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Kevin Gorg joins us to discuss Marco Rossi's strong start to the season, as well as what the Wilds can do on defense and special teams to clean things up as they move forward. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. As mentioned, we're joined by Kevin Gorg today. Kevin, great to have you back on the show. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been an up and down start for the Minnesota Wilds here uh, so far this season. But I think the best part about it is that now you get to flip the calendar to November and uh, just try to uh, get a new start. Yeah, I think Wild fans right now probably are a little frustrated. And I understand that. I, I think you have to look at this pragmatically. And we know for the next two years what the Wild are dealing with. It's been talked about. Everybody knows that the Suter and Parisi thing is legit. It's two high end players that you're paying that aren't here. So. The one thing the Wild could ill afford, and we've talked about it in our, our season preview at Valley Sports North and talked about it in a lot of our early season broadcasts, injuries were going to be an issue. If they had them, um, it was going to be a problem. I think the silver lining here to this is hopefully the Wild are going through their toughest stretch with these injuries early in the season so they can build on uh, some young players and, and get better as the season goes on. But no question, um, it's been a tough start to the year. And there isn't a lot of wiggle room right now. A lot of the teams in their division have gotten better. Um, Arizona dramatically better. Chicago, obviously, with Bedard, they're a better hockey team. Uh, you still have Dallas and Colorado as the favorites at the top, but I think that third spot is is up for grabs, and, and Minnesota doesn't want to put themselves in a position where they're in chase mode uh, too much further here into the season. Early returns on uh, a guy that a lot of people are going to have uh, keen eyes on this season in Marco Rossi. Have been good. He has looked the part. He has added, I think, the pieces to his game that uh, Dean Evison and Bill Guerin were talking about after last year. Uh, he he just looks like a completely different player, and more importantly, he looks like a guy who is uh, just ready to continue uh, to uh, get it done at the NHL level. Yeah, I think if you talk to a lot of us during training camp, we were all to each other saying the most important thing during camp is what does Faber look like after looking so good last year? And can Marco Rossi be a regular fixture in this lineup? And he had a good preseason last year. So we didn't really assume anything after he had a good camp, but then would it translate to the game? You know, when it's physical, when it's much faster, when you get the A teams out there, could he still be a factor? And from the drop of the puck this season, he, to your point, Seth has been a different player He's bigger and stronger. Um, we had a conversation with Marco during camp about 
the training regimen he put himself through, staying in the Twin Cities, putting on 15 pounds of muscle. He had more of a burst um, on the rank. But to me, the question was going to be, like Kirill Kaprizov, could a smaller player with skill, and, and he's a little smaller than Kirill, obviously, go to the trenches and get around the net and do things. And he has done that. So there's been nothing fluky to his game. He is a quicker and stronger hockey player, and he's still learning, and he's still growing. But if you're looking towards the future, and we know that the Wild have the cupboards fully stocked, and in about two or three years, they're all going to kind of come together and uh, really, I think, be a, a cup contender. This was one of the most important things that Wild fans, I think, needed to see here this year is Marco Rossi actually is a skilled player that can make it at this level. And I think we're still just scratching the surface. I, st I still think there's growth and work that needs to be done. But, uh, boy, I like the early returns. Well, and the other the thing, too, that I think is impressive with Rossi's game is whereas we maybe didn't see as much of it last year, this year, if somebody gives him the puck, he's shooting it. Like, there have been instances where he may be at the top of the zone and he's kind of commanding that puck. And so I think some of that confidence, too, of uh, seeing all the work that he put in paid off has just taken that confidence level through the roof and led to him just being a bulldog out there. Yeah, and I and I'll I'll magnify your point by saying this. You know, we're you know as, as a team, you know, you get to see these guys when you travel with them in different spots, whether it's at the hotel, at the practice facility, on the airplane. And I look back at last year, and and he just looked a little timid, even off the ice. He just didn't have a lot of swagger to him, and didn't look overly comfortable. Kind of like a young player wondering if he fit in. This year, there's a smile on his face. You get a wink once in a while. You have a conversation. Um, I think he feels more comfortable here. I think he, because he stayed here in the summer and trained with a lot of these guys, I think he feels like he's a part of something now and he feels like he belongs. Whereas last year, I think he really didn't know if he could do it or if he fit in. And I think anybody in any job situation can relate to feeling like you can do something and feeling like you fit in and how much more productive you can be. And so watching him around the rink this year, and when we travel, he does look and feel like a different player, not just on the ice, but off the ice, more importantly. Kevin, I want to ask you before we move on to some areas that uh, the team can clean up as we go forward. Got to ask you about Pat Maroon, because just like everybody expected, he is up near the top of the list in terms of points on this team. He scored his first goal against the Devils. And uh, for a guy that I think a lot of people expected to provide personality and physicality, uh, I think we're seeing just how much uh, offensive ability Maroon has uh, with all of those things compared to guys uh, previously that have filled that same role. Yeah, I think a lot of us, when we saw the move that Billy Guerin made, were unsure if he would be much more than a fourth-line player. He's playing a top-six role right now, not likely because of injuries, but, but right back to what you just said, that, that goal he scored over the weekend in New Jersey was a skilled play where he used his strength to make that play, um, he's had points in nearly every game he's played in. So he's been productive, hasn't played a ton of minutes yet, but uh, far better than I ever anticipated. And again, I look at some of the moves that Bill Guerin has made, and these are subtle moves. His hands are tied behind his back a little bit right now with the budget and the salary cap. But, uh, you know, I watched the way Pat Maroon carries himself around the young players, and that started day one of training camp. Um, and even if he was a fourth-line guy playing six to eight minutes like Ryan Reeves, uh, the fact that he's won three cups and knows what it takes and has such a positive attitude about getting things done and believing in a team, 
the young players, some of which we've just mentioned, but some of the players like Boldy and Kaprizov and the players we're already sure of on the ice, but are going to be fixtures here when this team makes an eventual run. Uh, I don't know if you can quantify the value this guy brings. And, you know, what's cool about him is he talks the talk and you believe it because he's done it. But then you watch the way he walks the walk and produces on the ice and plays and drops the mitts. Um, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's an intense guy. But, uh, boy, has he fit in well with this hockey team. And, and I, I have to say far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, there, there have definitely been bright spots to start the year, and he is far and away one of the best uh, so far this season. Now, there have been areas that the team needs to clean up moving forward, and so we'll dive into those as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. And... In fact, in the minute that I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed, also according to Indeed data worldwide. Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we will get you ready for uh, tomorrow's game against the New Jersey Devils on uh, tomorrow's Thursday edition of the show. So make sure that you tune in then uh, and don't miss out on any of our new content. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg for today's episode. And Kevin, let's talk about uh, the defense to start. It's been much like we saw last year, kind of a, a slow start defensively for this team. Obviously, not having Jared Spurgeon is a huge loss. Um, we saw a good start to the year by Brock Faber. What does this team need to do in the interim to just shore things up defensively? And I think if you look at the last couple of games, we've seen progress. Uh, by this team in terms of shoring up a key area in the high danger chances allowed. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to get back to basics a little bit. I think when you're missing a player at the top end of your blue line, like Spurgeon, there's a domino effect. And now you're putting a lot of pressure on Brody in favor to basically be out there in every situation uh, where you're facing the opposition's best start of every penalty kill. And we've seen some dip in their play in a couple of spots. Uh, if you want me to be honest in Philadelphia, I thought both Brody and Faber struggled. So uh, you got to get back to basics. And I think step number one, they, they can take some pressure off themselves by staying out of the penalty box. In, in situations like this, if you can hold it to three or fewer, especially this week when you're playing teams like the Devils and the Rangers that have such a dynamic skill set of players on the power play, you're just putting yourself in a, in a, win, a no-win situation. But outside of that, um, you know, you've got to you've got to get better play from the bottom part of this defensive core. And, and Dean Everson and that coaching staff have tried a lot of different things. And lately they've tried 
having that extra blue liner. I'm not sure that trend's going to continue when we play the Devils in that game on Thursday, but um, you, you're going to need some of those lower-level players to step up. One of the guys I think that's played pretty well under the radar is Dakota Mermis. Um, he's the captain of the Iowa Wild. He stepped in and looked very poised and played very, I think, solid hockey back there. And then we got to keep Jake Middleton out of the box because when Jake goes into the penalty box, and I get it, he's a rugged, physical player. Um, he's got to do a lot of that dirty work down low. But when he goes in the penalty box, boy, you're putting yourself in a, in a tough spot. And it looks like, you know, Jared Spurgeon not nearly as close to coming back as Matt Boldy. So we're still probably looking at at least a week or two before the uh, the captain returns. And taking to the next level, this this core on the, on the penalty kill, the Wild want to be aggressive. And that's where they've really been exposed. Yeah, it's it's been I, I think Dean summed it up perfectly after the Devils game in just talking about movement, you know, lack of movement on the power play and a little too much movement on the penalty kill. But hey, if you've if you're facing a power play like the Devils, who's number one in the league by a mile at like 46 <laughs> percent, I think it is. They're going to make you move. And they did that. And so you look at some of the things for the penalty kill and the power play to improve. You can put it pretty much put it to one word. It just there needs to be more movement on the power play and there needs to be a little bit less chasing on the penalty kill. And I think one thing that's come out of all this from talking to the coaching staff uh, kind of behind the scenes is the communication factor. When you've got a new set of players and you had this set structured uh, penalty kill ready to go after training camp and it all got thrown in the blender when Spurgeon got hurt, that's when communication needs to be magnified. And I think you saw a couple of breakdowns in that game at New Jersey over the weekend where you end up two players chasing the same guy. That can't happen at the NHL level. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you just got called. That cannot happen. Uh, there has to be better communication. You can still be aggressive on the penalty kill, but you cannot end up leaving those seam passes down low because you put your goaltenders in a position where they cannot even have a chance to make a save. And it happened a couple of times in a one goal hockey game, Sunday that frankly the wild should have at least got a point in that game. And, and that's the disappointing part. So uh, there are areas to clean up um, practice here on Wednesday today, I think is going to be special teams related, very dominant. There'll be some conditioning after the, the coaching staff gave the boys the last two days off. Uh, it was a very grueling trip, a long trip, and there's another long trip staring them down next week. So they want to keep their legs fresh, but they also have to go back to basics at practice uh, this after or this morning. And then let's see if they can rise up in a home game against one of the teams uh, that just beat them. Uh, a couple of the players talked about it in our post-game interviews that uh, they'll be looking for a little revenge against the Devils. Yeah, and you know it's it's a situation too where it's just one of those weird schedule quirks where you play the same team twice. There are a bunch of times that that happens this year, and so I, I don't know that I've seen a schedule recently that has had so many odd things, such as what we're going to be dealing with now, where you play basically New York or New Jersey for the next ten games. Um, it, it leads to just some weird things that happen through the course of the NHL schedule. Well, and I think people understand too, with these schedules, it's, it's not, you're going to play the same teams, especially if you look at your divisional opponents, you're all going to play the same teams, but it's not who you play. It's when you play them. And I'd much rather be playing Edmonton and Calgary right now, to be honest, and some of those Western Canadian teams, uh, than these teams out East, like the devils. Um, you gotta, you gotta play the cards you're dealt. Um, I mentioned the schedule this week is light with just two home games, but then brace yourself because the wild go right back out East next week. And you got a pair of games in New York on Tuesday and Thursday, second of back to back in Buffalo on Friday. And to me, the the real kick in the pants is you come home off a long road trip 
and you come back for a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, they had to cram, I think, those games in in a short period of time because the Wild are heading to Sweden and basically have the rest of that, the main body of that week off to get ready for those games in Sweden. But, uh, you know, these next six games, Seth, if you look at where the Wild are right now and you look at who they're marching out there, uh, they have got to find a way to at least hold serve and go three and three. And, well, you look at this and say, well, you got two home games, you should. Well, look who you're playing. Uh, you're playing the Devils. You're playing the Rangers twice. Uh, you're playing a skilled Buffalo team, second to back-to-back, a pesky Islanders team. This is a tough, tough part of the schedule, and especially with the Wild dealing with these injuries. So the one really cool thing today at practice as we tape this on Wednesday morning is Matt Boldy's going to skate with the team. And there's no guarantee he's back Thursday, but it sure feels like the time he spent back here training and skating while the Wild were on this most recent road trip has put him in a position where at least it's a part of the conversation. Yeah, that and that would be a huge lift for this team because not only what he brings offensively and obviously a huge part of the uh, the power play as well, but we're seeing a guy in Boldy who has really started to add that uh, that defensive side to his game, and I don't think it's a coincidence having been paired with Jewel Erickson Eck for the better part of the uh, the last two seasons that some of that is starting to rub off on Boldy, and so don't be surprised if he is able to uh, to help the defense a little bit when he does return to the lineup. Yeah, he's such a big, strong player. He he makes a difference in, in every area of the rink, and he's not a guy that's easy to replace. And you, you mentioned some of the struggles on special teams, and you know, you look at the power play and how dangerous he can be off the half wall at that shot. And you look at some of the big goals he's scored. We had a flashback on Sunday to the last time we had been in New Jersey, which was last spring, and that overtime buzzer beater. Matt is a super talented kid, and to your point, with that talent now, he's meshed in that 200-foot game because – I think a guy like Jewel Erickson is a mentor to him, and he sees how valuable – if you're better defensively – Zach Parise always talked about this. If you work hard in the defensive zone, you'll have more time to score goals in the offensive zone. And I think Matt Boldy's starting to figure that out. I think when you're young and you can get away with it, um, you just think about the offensive side of the game. But then as you evolve into a, a complete player at the NHL level, you understand how important it is to be good without the puck to get more time with it. We'll uh, finish with uh, a few minutes on Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury, what we've seen so far, and uh, we'll take maybe a sneak peek at the uh, New Jersey Devils coming up uh, for the next game. All that and more as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild also brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, whether it be Kirill Kaprizov scoring a hat trick, 50 goals on the season, or the Vegas Golden Knights inevitably hoisting the Stanley Cup for a second straight season. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether elite players such as Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, or Nathan McKinnon, will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. It is so easy, you can set your lineup in less than 60 seconds. To win $100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Wild fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. 
Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg of Bally Sports North. Kevin, Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury um, have had some good starts so far this year. Obviously, Gustafson started the year with the uh, fantastic shutout. Um, and we've seen some uneven performances as well. A lot of that due to uh, the defense in front of them. Um, what have you seen from both guys uh, so far as we uh, get this season rolling? Well, I think if you talk to both guys, they would they would uh, they're both very hard on themselves, and and so getting to know both these guys, they would be very critical of their play. And 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 let's be honest, it's been inconsistent. There's been some brilliant performances, and then there's been some nights where both guys probably uh, didn't feel good about the performance they put out there. Um, typical of the early part of the season for goalies as they work themselves into a rhythm. I think it'll sort itself out. It certainly did last year, and they they both had tremendous seasons, especially Gus Bus. But, you know, I, I do think a big part of this is the inconsistency in front of them. And, and, you know, from playing the position myself, not at this level, but any team you play on, you you feed off that defensive core and how they defend in front of you. And if it's constantly changing, it is harder to get into a rhythm. All that being said, you know, let's start with Gustafson. You know, he just has this new contract extension. Um, he's been given the opportunity to be the man here, and he hasn't yet, um, I think, taken the reins this year and and been that guy. I think it was a real important decision, maybe a tell by Dean Evison and the coaching staff when they didn't come back to Gus on Sunday in New Jersey. Evan, Evison, before the game, even admitted that that was the plan leading up to the game, but he hadn't played to the level that they were looking for. So a bit of a wake-up call for him. I'll be curious to see him at practice today, and I'll be curious to see who the Wild go with against New Jersey on Thursday. I would assume it's going to be Gustafson, but he has to be more consistent, not just game by game, but within a game. Um, when you want to be a, a top-line starting goaltender in this league, you cannot give up soft goals. This team does not have that room for Aaron. If you look at his game, he's done a lot of things really, really well but there have been a couple of goals where you're like, okay, he's got to have that, and he has to make those saves. So for him, that's what I would say. Uh, for for Flurry, I mean, he's he's a guy still at, at age, soon to be 39, um, has the juice, man. He has the flavor, and he's out there doing his thing. I don't think he has to clean up much. I just think he has to adapt to the surroundings uh, that he's been given, and specifically with this defensive core, some of the breakdowns on the penalty kill. Um, he'll have to be a little bit better in those situations, but – uh, I'd give both guys a, a solid B or B minus to start the year. And if this team's going to be a playoff team, I got to be honest with the uh, the folks out there listening. They're going to have to be A's. If they're going to, this team's going to make the postseason like last year, they're going to have to get a performances in goal. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent right uh, in that regard. All right. Final one to close. Let's just talk about the devils a little bit, uh, a team that the wild just played on Sunday. And honestly, Kevin five on five, the wild held their own against a New Jersey team that has a ton of speed. I, I think that was a worry going in, but the Wild held their own in five-on-five. Five. It just came down to special teams, and so the Wilds, if they're going to uh, pick up a win in tomorrow's game, got to keep this one five-on-five. Five. It's as simple as that. It really is, and it's it's funny because the Wild now will have a chance to kind of break down some of the film and look at what New Jersey does in the power play there you know, 46% is not sustainable, but the point is the, the skill they possess and how quick they can move the puck. Uh, they are a very difficult team 
to defend. So I think playing these guys in back-to-back games gives the Wild an advantage in that part of the game. We talked to the coaches before the game in New Jersey, and they said the tell is going to be odd number rushes. If we limit the odd number rushes five on five, we're doing a good job. Well, they did. The Wild actually had far more chances in odd number situations than the Devils. So five on five, uh, they were terrific. They kept their third four checker high. Uh, Their defensemen had good gap control. They didn't pinch when they weren't supposed to. They had support all around that rink and really forced the Devils to, to get the puck in and play it down low, which is what the Wild were hoping for. Uh, if you can stay out of the box, which means three penalties or fewer, I'll give you one a period. The Wild have a great chance to win this hockey game because now you're at home. Dean Everson can get Brodeen and Faber out there um, against Hughes and some of those high-end, um, just really skilled players that New Jersey possesses. So important bounce-back game for Minnesota. I love that they feel like they can compete with this team. They feel like they left some points on the table on Sunday, and I think you're going to see a very, very good performance by the home team on Thursday. Will it be good enough? We'll see. But uh, I think it starts with a gust bus early. Got to get the crowd into the game. Get a, get a lead is so important against these guys. This is not a team you want to be chasing against. And that's why I thought the Wild played such a great game the other night. They were chasing most of that game, especially in the third period, and they did not get away from that game plan. Yeah, it'll it'll be fascinating to see because it feels like this team's going to have one of those frustration games where they just let out a lot of frustration on whoever their opponent may be, and why not the Devils on Thursday? We'll uh, we'll see how things play out. Kevin, you're the best. Thanks for the time today. Uh, appreciate having you on. We'll definitely do this again as the uh, the season rolls along, and uh, hopefully uh, it will be after uh, a few wins stacked up to uh, get this team back on track. Yeah, fun to connect again, and uh, I'm glad we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the schedule. Um, I just got the the notification that I will be going to Sweden with the team. I'm really excited about that. We're going to do some really cool stories behind the scenes, so watch for that on not just uh, Bally Sports North, but some of the uh, the wild social uh, channels. So, yeah, excited about what lies ahead in November. Important month for this hockey team. October wasn't probably where they wanted it to, to go. Uh, but like last year, there's no panic to this club or this coaching staff. And as they slowly get players back in the lineup, I expect a much better month of hockey from the Minnesota Wild. Well, geez, uh, in that in that case, we may as well just have you back on after you get back. <laughs> That'd be a great idea. Kevin, thanks for the time. Uh, listeners, make sure that you follow along with Locked on Wild throughout the rest of the season. You can find all of our content on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our coverage as the season unfolds with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.